well, welcome everybody back to the Catnip and Chill podcast. So today we're going to just pivot a little bit away from our conversations about weird crushes and other random things we talk about here. And we're actually going to bring it back to veterinary medicine for a little bit. Um, as you may or may not know, I'm in veterinary medicine and our guest today is also in veterinary medicine. So anything we say is just to kind of inform people, but we're not here to like, you know, push any thoughts or give any medical advice and stuff like that. So just for those of you who are listening and maybe in the veterinary field, we're just going to share a little bit of our story and how we kind of like got to the point where we are today and stuff like that. And joining us, of course, is Chris Shell as always. And we're going to introduce to you our um, guest audience speaker today. Her name is Laura. She's a good friend of ours. We've known her for a very long time. She began her second career as a licensed veterinary nurse after graduating from LaGuardia Community College in 2011. Previously, she worked as a graphic artist for seven years in the marketing department of a real estate company. Laura enjoys working in general practice and recently obtained her uh, veterinary technician specialty in clinical nursing in 2019. She recently began her position at the College of Laboratory Technician and Internship Coordinator at the Veterinary Technology Program in LaGuardia Community College in Queens. That sounds like a lot, but it's, it's all there. It's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, Laura has also has an affinity for passing on knowledge to others and inspires to, you know, inspire the new little young budding flowers coming into the fields in order to take our place because we're over it um, <laughs> in a good yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> In her spare time, Laura does enjoy running, reading, science fiction, art journaling, and hanging out with us two whack jobs. So. Of course. Oh Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yeah, awesome. We are so excited that you're joining us and we get to talk about um, your direction in the field. And I know that Gina said that we are over it, but I don't want her to scare away people from veterinary medicine because there are people trying so hard to like change all the bad aspects of it. Um, right. So, but, but it's, it's good to know that, you know, within the veterinary field, you know, it's the career paths you can take within it. They're expanding, you know, so much, like, just like in the last 10 years too, you don't have to just stick to, you know, clinical work and work in a practice. You, there's so many other things that you can go, you know, go into. So, you know, it's, it's important to find, your niche, you know, your, your career path that you want to, that you want to go into. So yeah, it's important to, to find the direction, you know, that you want to go into. Definitely Definitely exploration, because I think having been in the field for 17 years myself, I've seen the evolution of veterinary medicine and how much it's kind of jumped in the recent years. And we're just really just trying to catch up to human medicine at this point, because there's so many of us, um, but we are definitely getting there. And I think, like you said, there are more pathways for nurses to kind of branch out and mm-hmm. do different things. I think like over the years, more specialties were becoming more developed at the time when I was a young tech, I think it was um, maybe like top like six, maybe, but now there's like what, six right. specialties? Yeah. Something? Yeah. It's yeah. It's they've added on, you know, since, you know, learning about the specialties, you know, they added on dermatology, ophthalmology, um, the most brand new one is uh, diagnostic imaging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, it's, yeah, every, every so often there's a new specialty out there. So yeah, trying to keep up with the times. So definitely keep your mind. The thing, um, even when I joke around saying that we're over, like we've been, I've been doing it for 17 years. How long have you been doing it for Laura? Oh, uh, it's going on 
12, 11, 11 years already. Yeah. How about you, Rochelle? How long you were in it for? It's at least over 15. I started in like 2006 after I graduated college. We've been in it for a while. So they usually like, we're like, I guess we're like in the tertiary tier. We're kind of like ready to move on to the next stage and leave clinics. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, you go through your phases, like baby tech, everything's brand new and amazing. And then you want to like, yeah. Or yeah, you- yeah, your mind is fresh and new and you're just experimenting and, and learning as much as you can. And then, and then you hit that, that middle bar, that middle mm-hmm. section. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, do I want to, do I want to stick to what I'm doing or do I want to, you know, enjoy, you know, go into another practice, you know, emergency medicine or shelter medicine, you know, you just kind of expand a little bit. You put out some feelers. Yeah. Exactly. And then you've, yeah. And then you got us, you know, way up there, you know, 15, 17, you know, 10 years experience. And you're like, okay, so you know, I've been in this field and, you know, for me, you know, I, you know, I worked in clinical practice and then I had this opportunity to, you know, jump into education and that's, you know, that's exactly where I want to be is to educate because it's so important to pass on the knowledge that you've acquired, you know, after so many years in the practice that, you know, people, you know, the young, you know, young students, they really enjoy that knowledge and, you know, experiences that you have in practice and, you know, they can apply that too. Yeah. And I think that mentorship mentality is very important in the field that we're in because it's it's good to kind of like pass the torch on, like take someone under your wing, give them the information that you've given them, help guide them and then help them become the next person. Kind of like a, a constant relay race where you're kind of like, here you go, you're next. And then you pass the baton and keep on going. And I feel like early on when I first started as a technician, there wasn't a lot of that. It was a lot of um, this great toxic environment. It was very like I want to withhold all this information and this elitist mentality and then the yeah. um, and with, I think culture change in practices. Now, I think the goal is to inspire that mentorship mentality of like, let's encourage, let's welcome, let's grow. People. Right. And I think that's where we're at in our careers. So you would yeah. Say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed a lot. I mean, you still have those places where, you know, you do have the toxic people mm-hmm. and toxic environment and, you know, now it's like, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to put up with it. I can, I can go find another place that's, you know, that'll accept me and, you know, that'll teach me what I want to know. And yeah, you're not, you're not limited to just one place anymore because, you know, so many more practices have been opening and, you know, they're under, you know, unfortunately a lot of the private practices have been eaten up by corporate. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but at least, you know, under corporate umbrella, you know, you get the benefits and you get, you know, you get the support that you need from, you know, outside management, you know, per se, if, you know, if, you know, if uh, issues, you know, that are brought up at your, you know, current management, and they're not being dealt with, you can go outside that yeah. scope. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we do have more protection now and more benefits. So, yeah, yeah in definitely. Your, in your time being a technician, when you decided to enter the realm or the, at least the arena of, I want to become specialized in something. What was your main focus and what drove you to do the specialty that you did? So, yeah. So let's see. So I decided, oh, was it 20? Yeah, it was 2017. Um, you know, I had already been in the field like five, six years and I was, it was kind of like, okay, you know, a little stagnant. <laughs> Yeah, it was like right in that middle point. I was like a little stagnant. You know, what do I want to do? What what do I want to do for myself? How can I um, improve myself? What, you know, 
what's out there that I can learn and, um, you know, uh, improve upon on my career, you know, what, what's, what's out there. So I did some research, you know, it was like, oh, I could go back to school, you know, maybe do a master's, you know, cause that's, that's an option, mm. um, you know, like biomedical science or something like that, or I could go into another practice, but I was, you know, I was happy where I was, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I, le- I like working in the clinical field in the general practice, um, mostly working with dogs and cats. So, um, you know, not too much exotic uh, experience. So, so I did some research and I was like, oh, you know, you know, uh, AVTCP had, uh, which is the Academy of Veterinary technicians and clinical practice, which is also mouthful. <laughs> so they, so yeah, so they have a specialty in um, clinical practice, uh, which is general medicine and they have subspecialties. So they have production animal, they've got exotics, canine feline, and then they just brought on a new specialty. Uh, it's been out for a few years, but it's new uh, feline medicine. So, um, you know, just working with dogs and cats mostly, I was like, oh, okay, you know, let me, let me look into this some more, you know, into, into the canine feline specialty. So it's a lot of, a lot of self work, you know, um, so you have to have the determination to, um, you know, to apply yourself and carve out the time in, in your schedule, you know, cause we're all working full-time jobs and maybe secondary jobs too, to pay the bills. Um, you know, so it was also like, oh, there goes all my free time, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's a lot of hard work, you know, you got to think about that. Um, But, you know, if you have the drive and the motivation and you want to better yourself, that's the way to go. So, yeah. So, um, you know, looking more into uh, the subspecialty, it was, it was exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. So what is this specialty about? I had never even heard of it until you got certified and then Sheena was looking into it. And I was so curious. I was like, are you just like very good at like regular practice stuff? Like, it's just like, so it seems very broad and yeah. I was like, I have no idea what she does. She does like everything. Cause that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it takes a little bit um, out of each section, uh, you know, things that you would do in clinical, in clinical practice and general medicine. So um, surgery, you know, so you're assisting the doctor in surgery and how, how would you set up your surgery suite for the kind of surgery that you're doing? Um, You know, pack prep, autoclaving, you know, sterilizing instruments. Um, then you've got your dentistry section. So, you know, as technicians, you know, we should be able to uh, perform dentistry. So that would be scale and polish x-rays, you know, digital x-rays. Um, and um, also, you know, radiology. So how, how would you take your images? How would you uh, position your patient for your, for the x-rays that, you know, uh, that the doctor's requesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so just a little bit of everyday things that we do in practice is what, you know, so they, they give you like a skill list that yep. which you follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of helps, uh, you know, narrow down, you know, what you need to do uh, for the specialty. So, yeah, so you have to hit at least 80% 
of those skills in order to, you know, to be considered into the specialty. So do like a certain amount of hours too. Like you have to have, like you said, 80%. So you, like you can't do, like you can't work, for example, like a blue pearl or something like that, and then do the specialty because you're not necessarily doing the general care everyday stuff every day. Like you have to literally be doing those things every right. day. What's the hours like on it? It's like, mm, like over 3000 hours like that. And it's no, actually it's 10,000 hours. There you go. Yeah. So you can't actually consider to do the specialty until you have, you said five years, five years of work, clinical work, a general medicine work and, um, or 10,000 hours. So, yeah. So I couldn't even consider doing the specialty if I, you know, if I did not have the five years of work already, I know like ER, you know, uh, emergency, I think anesthesia, I think those only require three hours. Oh, I'm sorry, three years yeah. of, of work in the field. But no, clinical practice, it, it is more, you know, uh, more experience. Because, yeah, because the skills list is quite, you know, as Crystal said, it's quite broad. So there's a lot, there's a lot to cover. So they want to make sure that you do have the knowledge to, you know, pretty much hit 80% of those skills. The other thing too, I think the most, I think with anybody looking into a specialty in general, I always say, look at the requirements and see if you even meet those requirements. Like Laura was right. saying, do you have the amount of years experience prior to applying? Do you have the hours to complete this and the time you can do it? And the number one thing I think is the financial kickback and everything. Like, do you have the money to acquire all the CEs? Cause I think the CEs is a big one, like getting cases right. easy to get, but like, right getting your hours of continued education under someone who is also specialized in the field you want to go into is mm -hmm. very difficult at times. Cause if you're not going to a major conference that guarantees you 27 hours of, you know, CE. And even though it says 27 hours it has to be with the person who's specialized in that field that right. narrows down more. So that, I think that's the hardest part too. I think with dentistry, it was even more so, I think, it might have been a little bit easier for you, but it could be different. You can let me know. What's different. But in dentistry, it was hard for me because it had to be a person who was definitely a VTS in dentistry if you were a technician or you were a diplomat or a fellow if you were a doctor in order for me to get that credit, which right. could be difficult. And the only way to get the hours <laughs> I did was to attend the veterinary dental forum each time. I couldn't just go to yeah. the and say, right. yeah, hours. Yeah. Yeah. So no, yours, dentistry is a lot, a lot more difficult. Yeah. For for clinical practice, it had to be related to that field. So yeah, there's a lot more canine feline, you know, topics and CEs. So it was, it was easier, I guess, to acquire that CE, but it had to be, you know, related. So you, yeah, so you should take a look at, you know, the knowledge list that the application, you know, provides and see if, any of those topics are, you know, that you could see if there's lectures or presentations, you know, on those topics, because, you know, that would be, you know, applying, um, you know, related material for the application. Um, yeah, so it did have to be from more, a more advanced um, type of presenter. So someone with a specialty or a doctor from, you know, a diplomat or, um, yeah, so it couldn't be like, you know, um, someone without uh, without the specialty credentials uh, that would not be accepted so it, ha it has to be from someone with advanced um, you know a, a topic that's more advanced in the field 
yeah. not like a general talk of like, you know, right. common vaccines or it has to be more like you know, updates on like how we use them and how they're right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, or a case, you know, uh, someone presenting a case and, you know, what, what's all involved with, you know, with the case presentation and, you know, f- from a doctor within, you know, you could say like cardiology, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. The other thing too, like the good thing about these specialties, I think a lot of them incorporate in mentorship um, partnerships. So you have someone who's already credentialed, gone through the process that's coaching you through it. But even though a lot of these specialties offer a mentor for the mentee that's coming in is trying to acquire things, doesn't mean that it's easy because you like right. you have to manage your time well, you right. have to like keep your logs together, write your case reports. Yes, um, it's yeah, it's a lot of organization too. So you got to keep track, got to keep keep track of everything and make sure you have all the information that you need to complete, yeah, to complete the case and the case report as well. Yeah. yeah. So. As, yeah, as long as you have like a, you're good at time management and you can kind of focus on those things, it's not impossible to do. I mean, a lot of people always come up to me and say like, oh my God, I can't believe these dentistry. It's so hard. I'm like, dentistry, it to me, it really wasn't that hard to accomplish that goal because dentistry is kind of a very small, to me, a small umbrella. I said big umbrella is like anesthesia is a huge umbrella. I think what you did is huge too. It's like taking the Vitney all over again, which for those who don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you could say, yeah, you could say it was like the Vitney 2.0. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's so broad. It's kind of like you can't just focus on one thing. At least in dentistry, right. you can, okay, dog and cat dentistry, you need some exotics, and then that's it. You kind of, your, your range is small. Um, so studying is pretty, pretty okay. I mean, it's not easy by any means, but it's good. Right. Yeah. Um, the the similar, similar thing to you is that we had, do we have a skills? We didn't have a skills list per se. We had um, categories to track. Like we had a track for like periodontology cases and like um, orthodontic cases and X, Y, Z. And then you track those down. And we had to, the only list we really had was like, you have to know your equipment list. Like you have to know like mm-hmm. what equipment you have, what, how does it function? What does it do? Um, mm-hmm. Use it appropriately. And what's the other thing you have to know too? Um, obviously you have to know physical skills. Like, you know, how to, you have to know how to take an x-ray. Like if you can't know how to take a dental x-ray, then that is yeah. going to be bad on you because that's something yeah. perfect with. <laughs> right. I think your program is like, you can complete yours in one year and dentistry is a three-year program. So you have to like get all of your continued education, right. lab reports, blah, 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 skills and everything in three years. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So clinical practice, um, I guess you could say you could complete it in two years. So the first year is you uh, gathering your case logs and typing them up and then um, taking those logs. Uh, So you would take uh, four of those logs to type into case reports. Um, And then uh, your CE, uh, you do have, um, you don't have to complete it all in one year, but you know, they will take um, CE that you've done, you know, years past, but there's only like a certain amount, I think like within the last two, maybe two years. Um, so yeah. So your first year is just typing, just (laughs) typing, typing up your case logs, typing up your case reports. Yeah. Should be everything that you've collected within that year, that application year. Um, and they want to see a lot of diversity, you know? Yeah. In order to hit that skill list, you have to have a lot of diversity. So it can't be just, you know, all ear infections or all spays and all neuters. So they want to see that you can do 
multiple things. So, you know, you can have, you can have simple, simple ones. Yeah. A, a ear infection, you know, that's fine. Uh, you can, you can claim some skills, you know, from that. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe that ear infection turned into, you know, um, an otoscopy, you know, mm-hmm. so you can, you can, you can go with that. So that, that would, that would include like a, a specialized surgery and how would you prep for that? Mm-hmm. So that, that when you can, you know, even maybe that one might turn into a case report. Maybe it was so interesting that you, you know, that you have a lot of information for it that you can turn it into a report. Um, yeah, so that would be your first year. Uh, you turn in your application uh, then you have to wait a few months. So that was, that's the nail biter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just waiting, just the waiting. Uh, so once, once you hear back from the committee that, you know, if you've been accepted um, uh, then you have to study. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not to say that in the waiting period, you should, you should also kind of have a backup plan, you know, in case if you don't get accepted, do you want to do the process over? Just think about, you know, just think about, I just dedicated my whole year, you know, typing, you know, typing all these case logs and reports. Do I want to do it again? You know, if I don't accept it. So, you know, that's something to think about. So for me, it was, it was a no brainer. If I didn't get accepted, I was going to do it over. So I collected, I collected some case logs, just tucked them into the side. I knew, I knew the writing process. I had that down. So I wasn't worried about, you know, not catching up to the writing part, but I also kind of started studying. So, you know, I came up with a study plan and how would I apply my time, you know, to, you know, to the material. So, you know, I was doing that during the waiting process. It was kind of nice to have a little break, you know, in between, you know, just to kind of catch up and, you know, take a breath. So, um, so then once, once I found out I was accepted, you know, after the turning in the application, I, I, then I really started studying. So I think the studying part was harder <laughs> than actual typing up the cases because that not the knowledge list is a lot and there's a lot you have to know that you know what goes in all the diseases you know you have to know you know the symptoms um, the treatments the diagnostics um, you know all all yeah all that encompasses all those diseases yeah tech school because you have to know everything so intricately like I I mean if someone were to ask me some stuff I have to look it up sometimes like when I was helping some yeah. of the students and the San Juan students I'm like I need to look up how to do this again yeah. like, yeah. forever <laughs> right like, oh. I know and it's yeah and it's funny like going back into education you know this st- I feel like the students are smarter than me because mm-hmm. it's so it's so much it's that you've, you've forgotten yeah. yeah and it's like and you're like taking it back and you're like um I'm going to have to look that up, but they're, you know, but they're smart. They talk amongst themselves and, you know, then they, they have the information right in front of them mm-hmm. and they figure out the answer. And then later on you go back and like, Oh yeah, that, you know, that does make sense. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. The remedies that stick out. Like for me, like a lot of people always telling me with dentistry, like, Oh, how do you, how do you remember? Like for me to, like, first of all, to a specialty when I was deciding what to be my first specialty, I always wanted it to be anesthesia, but I yeah. couldn't go through it because you had to have five years strictly of having to do anesthesia only. Right, right. Like very advanced cases. So you couldn't just have your ASA one, two, three, you had to have like four or five or whatever. Right. Or yeah. And that's, that's hard to do in a clinical setting. You have, you have to be in a specialty hospital. Like, yeah. 
So then I was like, you know what, then forget it. Cause I was like solely really focused on it. Cause I love anesthesia. And so I said, whatever, I'll just get rid of it, toss it to the side. So after my two coworkers did it, I was like, and they were telling me about the process. I was like, well, I can do it. And it's one of those things was because to me, it was like Stockholm syndrome. Like I didn't enjoy dentistry yeah. at all. And I was just kind of like, well, since I'm forced to do it all the time, might as well just do it. And I became like, now I love it because I learned. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Um, and it just clicked for me. Like it just clicked so easily once I started yeah. reading books. Because what the way I did mine was I look, you always have a required reading list. So right. I put the books on the required reading list and I started reading them from front to back and highlighting what I needed. Yeah. Prior been like starting like you said you do the application process you wait to be accepted so in the main in the meantime I was reading those books to start getting some juices information in my brain right right once I got admitted accepted into the program the same thing as you started logging in cases I mean worst case scenario if you have more than the amount you need for that case you can always delete some which is the Mm -hmm. beauty of it versus not having any and then you're doing it last minute so I was always forewarned to say like don't wait to the last minute to do your right oh yeah oh yeah yeah it's so important to do it throughout the year you can't just wait six months you know and you're like okay I'm going to type up everything and then you run out of time I mean you know you work you have you have lives outside of work and yeah you run out of time really quickly and the writing style is not easy it's not like you're writing essay like you are in high school you're writing a like professional yeah professional document and like the exact measurement of what type of tube you right. like does it have murphy's eye does it not have murphy's eye is it yeah it's so yeah so specific and so detailed definitely they look for all that yeah grammar too you they yeah you shouldn't you should know how to write and put a sentence together and yeah oh yeah i remember reading sheena's reports and having to remember how to do apa style and it was is important too. I was like, do you need this much detail? And she's like, yes. Yeah. And it's the detail just went on and on and on. And on. Yeah. <laughs> everything no, was so boring. <laughs> like you had to do everything from like put one ml of air into the cuff to seal right. it, blah, 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 all of it. Right. And the other thing too, is like, um, what else I had to do? I was like, the, for dentistry, again, when it comes to taking x-rays, you have to be, it has to be textbook x-rays. Like they can't just mm-hmm. be oh, this looks good enough. You know, it has to be like diagnostic quality. So in my case, I was so stressed because I, there's like, you can use a cadaver for certain cases. If you cannot see that case, that case is super hard to get. Mm -hmm. So I knew like, I'm not going to see these two cases. I need to use a cadaver for that. So I can't use a cadaver for my dental x-rays. I have to use a live patient. Right. Practice so hard that I did a full mouth on a, I think a dachshund. Because the other thing too is like, it has to have every single tooth. Can't have a yeah. tooth thing. Has to be mm-hmm. in the perfect alignment, whatever. Perfect shot. Two millimeters all around that tooth. No elongation, yeah. no foreshortening. Right. Pat. And I got lucky that I found two perfect patients and pictures to me were like phenomenal. So I was like, yeah. God, because I couldn't do it with, without my cadaver. I needed it for something else um, right. later on. So that was like very stressful. Getting the Getting the CE going to, to the veterinary dental form was, was fine. That's where I got most of my education from. But the hardest part was the wet labs. It's like the wet labs mm-hmm. were expensive, but right. only a few people taught them. And it can be a little, you have to get like a couple of wet labs in the same genre. Like you do like a couple x-ray wet labs and you do a couple of um, scaling, polishing and dental wet labs. So you have to repeat those things. 
but paying out of pocket that became expensive. I think yeah. when I look back and I did the math, I want to say maybe in the three years, thankfully my job like supported me and like helped pay for a lot of these things. Definitely. Yeah. I would say. Um, thank you, Dr. Lorenzo, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I probably want to say it has to be at least fifteen thousand dollars around. That's insane. What? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that's, that's like flights, hotels, a conference, and maybe a wet in the wet labs. That's not even including like any additional transportation or food and stuff like that. So, right. And thank God yeah. that was supported by my my practice. Your practice, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, some of these specialties, yeah, you have to put out some money. Some of them are cheap. Yeah. So for sure, you know, if you're at a practice that, you know, you enjoy working at and your management are phenomenal, ask them, you know, ask them for, you know, if I, if I go into this specialty, you know, would you reimburse me or, you Mm -hmm. know, work out something, talk to them because definitely that, you know, if, if you're valued at your job, yeah, they'll, they'll keep you. They'll, you know, they'll, they want to help you out. So definitely check with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, well my, yeah, this specialty, it wasn't, I didn't spend $15,000. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, there are fees, you know, there, the, the application fee itself is $50. So that's how much you would spend in your first year is the $50 fee to turn in the application. Yeah. Your, your second year, um, when you're studying, so you would have to register, for the conference because you you take your exam at the conference so so you would be paying the conference fee uh which is the abvp symposium um so that's that's 350 i believe um for for technician um the exam fee uh can't remember it was it was probably a hundred dollars so you know let's let's say it was 150 so 500 right there for for the conference and the and the exam and then yeah then you have to pay for your flight you have to pay for a room you know to attend the conference so you know that that adds up so yeah so i probably spent you know maybe two thousand dollars yeah right when i look back i was like that's a lot of money i spent unfortunately i had to take my exam twice because the first time i took my exam i paid 500 for the exam not including the flight to fly to the location to take right like there was like i think a a hurricane was happening some of that so like my flight was like delayed canceled i had to get another flight and then i was like i had to be on a waiting list to catch another flight to get there gosh that was very (laughs) nerve-wracking i'm already going to go take a test super stressed so i get to the location and then i you know i take the practical part of the exam i'm you know, that was easy. That's like things you do every single day of your tech life. So that was like, mm-hmm. not the written part was the hardest part, but I think at that point, honestly, I was thrown off by something and I was just, I knew when I was done, I was like, Oh, I totally failed this part of the exam. Cause it's a two part exam. So I, I just knew it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this was not what I was expecting. Wasn't prepared for. And I just like, felt right. lost. And so right. when I got the letter saying like, you passed the first part, not the second, you can take the second again next year. I was like, fine. So I took, I think like a month off of not looking at anything just for my mm-hmm. brain and to like yeah. get myself back to center. Cause unlike you, I was like, if I don't pass a second time, I'm done. I'm not doing this specialty again. Like hell yeah, no. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Just, I'm not doing this again. No yeah. way. So then, you know, COVID happened. Um, and then we had to do 
so everything was online. So I was like, oh, thank mm-hmm. God, travel. So at least that stressor is gone. And all I was to do is just study and learn my stuff. So I re-studied everything up until the day of the exam and took the exam at home because it was online. Um, and I felt so much better because I felt less stressed and I felt more prepared and more aware of what I need to do. And I ended up passing. But if you think about it, I spent like right there a thousand dollars on the exam alone. I had to retake that thing. That's and crazy. Yeah. 500 for just one half of the exam. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's very stressful and frustrating, but it's worth it. Like if you're going to like financially put money out for something and work hard for it, you have to follow through. Like, and if you just can't do it, you better pull out early before you start, right. money, you know, like that's the thing people right. don't think about. They think about, Oh yeah, this sounds amazing. But the other really look into like the requirements. Can you afford those books? Afford can you right. Those books? Can you write? Right. Can you, yeah. Can you attend the conference? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting that you say, you know, that you say that I also failed the, the, the exam as well when I took it. So yeah. So that was another year for me mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, another another conference fee, another exam fee, another flight. So yeah, it can add up. So yeah, you got to think about, yeah, your situation, your financial situation, your budget. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, you know, uh, see if see for practice can, can help, you know, see if they can reimburse you. So. Exactly. I mean, I would yeah. say I did enjoy, I'm glad that I was successful in it and I did it. And yeah. You know, it does open up doors for you to get a VTS under your belt because you have more options. Like you uh, had an article published, Thinglet, last year. Uh, yeah, it was in June. Yeah. You published an article in Today's Veterinary Nurse, um, yes. which was phenomenal. It was great. It was about um, the vaccines in dogs, right? The Bordetella was it? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was about the Bordetella vaccine in dogs. Um, I myself just wrote an article unrelated to dentistry, but I'm also uh, certified in veterinary cannabis. So I wrote about that instead. Awesome. But I do want, and that's going to come out in spring of this year, which I don't know when that is probably April around there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, March, April. Yeah. So it'll be published then. So it'll be my first peer reviewed article. And like you, I'm very into, I want to go into the education aspect, although instead of being traditional education, like you did in the college and so that I'm going to, I'm formulating my own company to do like education online and consulting inside clinics to not only talk about cannabis medicine and how it can help for pets, Mm -hmm. but also talking about dentistry training, like, you know, to help people train up and to offer some CE classes. So I am going to becoming like race approved, creating a program so I can get, so people who need to get the CE and can't do it or they can't make it, you know, a conference can at least get it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's helpful. That's very awesome. Yeah. And especially I think New York state is also very picky because, um, when you have your license, just for the people who are listening, you have to get CE for your license separate from your VTS, your specialization. Right. Yeah. That's a whole, the whole nother. So if you live in New York state, it's always important to know what conference you're attending. And if the CE credits from that conference correlates to New York state, because I think if you go to Texas, no CE in Texas is accepted by New York state and the veterinary dental conference, the whole entire conference, New York state does not acknowledge that. So any CE hours I did for that is just for the specialty, not for New York state. So it won't count towards my. Yeah. Wow. Keep that in mind. There's these little stupid fine print, read the fine print. (laughs) So if you need something for your license, always be mindful. Like, is it going to be accepted in your state? Right. Yep. 
So that's the only thing. That's the only thing that peed me. I was like, so I just spent like 19 plus hours in dentistry and zero counts. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, a lot of um, the CE um, in in the clinical practice specialty, it it can double over into um, your regular CE for the state. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But the CE, uh, once you're in the specialty, it, it must come from, you know, higher Mm-hmm. Um, higher credentialed presenters for sure yeah. so yeah that that stays the same yeah yeah and then if you in, in those of you who want to do it I say I encourage you to do it and try it you know failure is nothing it's not a bad idea to like for example me and Laura we both failed our first exam but we still like yeah. we pro- stuck to it yeah we stuck to our plan we wanted to do it failure is okay like don't think yeah. that because you it failed happens. something you're not good enough, good enough, enough right? Enough. Because yeah. even if I, God forbid, didn't get my VTS, I still did three years of education. That education, that knowledge is still in my head, regardless yeah. of whether or not I have a certificate to say so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, be kind to yourself and like, if you want to do it, do it. I know several people who started and stopped and started and stopped a specialty time and again, which again, you have to think about the cost factor for yourself and whatever, but mm-hmm. if sometimes things happen maybe you start something and then a life crisis happens and you just have to stop and step away yeah that happens yeah you know, something comes in and it's okay but yeah if you're gonna yeah you gotta do a full yeah. throttle right yeah I should I should say that I'm I'm in the mentorship committee um in the APTCP and you know I've I've had a few mentees um you know in the past few years and unfortunately you know it was through COVID so I did have a lot of mentees drop out because, you know, a lot of them weren't working in practice or, or their uh, patient load, you know, dropped dramatically, you know, in the first, first few months of COVID. So, um, you know, and, you know, unfortunately I, I had a mentee that, that got COVID and she was very sick. So she, she eventually dropped out. Um, but yeah, it happens. And, you know, I, I haven't seen any of these applicants back, you know, things, you know, things happen and in their lives and, you know, may not be a good time for them to do it right now. Maybe they'll come back, you know, in a few years, you know, you don't know, you have to, you know, you have to see what your situation is and, you know, if, if, you know, no time like the present. So, you know, try it, try it and see what happens. And, you know, if, like I said, it's, it's a lot of dedication and motivation on your part and, you know, see, see what happens. Yeah. Definitely. You got to work hard. Yeah. I feel like you're in a good place too. Cause I think with COVID too, there's a lot of COVID fatigue from people who work so many, like there's been like, at least in New York right. city, there's been an influx of like too many patients and not enough staff. So right. I, if you're going into a specialty now, I have more empathy and compassion for the mentees coming in now than when right. I did, when I did it, my caseload was very manageable and right. same here. Balance was manageable. I same here. Someone doing it now. in this environment right now. Yeah. And then not only stressing about like work itself and how stressful that is, but like figuring out, can I fly here? Did it get canceled? Oh, there's an outbreak or increase of right. here. Like I sympathize with them so much. Yeah. And yeah. Just- the, uh, yeah. The ABVP conference uh, that was supposed to take place um, 
they had to cancel the last two conferences. And that's where, that's where the applicants take their exam. So the first conference was canceled because of COVID. Um, and I think they just postponed the exam to the following year. And then the uh, 20, yeah, t- the 2021 conference was supposed to take place in September. I was going to attend. Um, they ended up canceling that conference, not because of COVID, because of the hurricane, because it, it was taking place in Louisiana. Yeah. So instead of canceling the exam, um, the committee members, they just transferred it into, well, they had um, started doing the exam through the computer instead of written paper. Um, So they ended up doing it remotely. So that was, you know, that was good because they're like, we can't cancel the exam again. So, yeah. I think sometimes through adversity, there is a better way. Like the same thing happened to the Dentistry Academy. Like we always did the written exam in person. And then with COVID, we had to change over to say, okay, exam has to be remote and have all fancy bells and whistles to be being recorded. So everything is still um, monitored and you're not, can't cheat like that. Um, And obviously the, the, the practical part had always has to be live in person because it's just something Mm -hmm. you can't be online. And that we would do at the conferences. Right. Um, well, so there's that, but I also think like there has to be, I always feel like I don't understand why like online CE is always considered kind of less than unless they prefer you to do live sessions. Right. I'm like, well, you're still getting the information and you're getting, yeah. even if you're watching on demand, you have to take an exam for somebody sometimes like a right. to get credit for that. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that is education, whether you're in person or not. And I feel like right. the, it should change because I think it'd be more inclusive, especially for those who can't travel in case they have like young children or blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like that to me personally, I feel like is just a way to be more exclusive than inclusive, which can be controversial. But um, hopefully with this whole pandemic thing, I know there was an argument in order to increase that number at one point, but I don't know if it went back down after things calmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I hope that the academies and the societies will take into consideration and maybe increase that number say more online's okay because I feel like more educated people in the field to me is right. more important than the percentage of lives exactly in- yeah yeah that's interesting because I, I we had a committee meeting yesterday and we were talking about that you know we were talking about so how are we going to change the CE uh, requirement because right now it's it's set to 100% virtual because there you know there weren't any conferences there weren't any live sessions you know on the past two years but you know this year you know they're considering should we change that percentage you know should should we you know bump it up to you know 50% live or you know 50% online so you know that's that's the debate right now so but no I I agree you know you I for me, I would, pre- I would prefer a live session. I, I, I'm more attentive, um, you know, during lectures if, if I'm there live than, than at home, you know, on my computer because I have a lot of distractions, <laughs> uh, you know, my cat being one of them. So, <laughs> so yeah, so for me, you know, doing CE, I would, I would prefer a live session, um, but, you know, everyone's different. But, yeah, I, I don't disagree with the online, you know, CE because – there's there's a lot of good online CE and it's very informative and yeah and it can be good I mean I think I got my me and Rochelle did our um I think bro was like advanced life support and basic life support and it was like an online course oh okay. 
so oh, that's nice. very kind of interactive. So you, and it gave you a lot of information, like a yeah. lot of information yeah. where I was literally writing down long notes. Everything. Yeah. And they gave these crazy 10 question quizzes after every one. So, I mean, things like that, I think are really good quality because you are definitely learning and right. you're definitely getting that certification at the end. Right. Something for it. And I feel like as long as the quality of the education you're getting is similar to that, where you're like mm-hmm. getting something or learning something, great. Yeah. Um, I know, I think people consider it gets more passive. Like you said, like someone's probably playing in the background, they're playing a video game just to get the yeah. But then yeah. it all comes down to mean integrity. Like if you're going to do that, then that's on you because then if you don't pass your exam because you weren't paying attention, that's on you. I mean, like, right. you, like you said, it's yeah. your, your integrity on up in your daily life too. If you're not keeping up with your CEs and you just right. won't advance like the rest of your colleagues do because, you know, they're learning and continually getting new things into their life and if you're just kind of like whatever about it then that's Mm -hmm. yeah like it's on you I personally for the pandemic I I took so much CE that I never had available to me before yeah yeah um and I had I got all these certifications finished because it was all online and I was like yeah because I I have to say that like for me it was like I have to wait when I'm not tired Mm -hmm. and so yeah having all that time to figure out, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this one hour CE. And I would go like do like a Saturday and go five CEs, like the VMX conference. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual was so good. I would spend my whole Saturday streaming on my TV, make Michael watch this with me. (laughs) Sure. He learned a few things. (laughs) He learned and he was horrified at the same time. I mean, it was really nice to have that opportunity as much as I loved being at VMX when it was in person, that was really exciting. Um, It's definitely not the same, but it's more accessible to people because continuing education is expensive and not not every clinic will pay for you to go, which pained me. Um, And in that way, it's a little bit, yeah, exclusionary because of the expense, especially technicians. We don't make a lot of money. Assistants make a lot of money. Receptionists make a lot of money and even Mm -hmm. they want to go and see and learn yeah yeah. why not learning is great um so if they could just go home and watch it on tv great why not why the other thing too is like you can't like as a full-time person working you have a set amount of pto too and set amount of days so if you're like Mm -hmm. or you have children to take care of and you might have eaten up that time you don't have time to take off to go to a conference or to attend a ce or especially like ce's i think at one point during the pandemic they were like we have a one hour CE at 12 in the afternoon. I'm like, we are working. Yeah. That's, that's like, the downside. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't stop in the middle of my day and watch CE. Yeah. CE. So yeah. that was annoying too. So I think on demand is wonderful. Um, so like that is great. Cause I mean, it is hard when you need to take a time day off. A certain right. time. I've tried it too, where you like, I need this hour off from work to do the CE cause I need it. And you can't cause then they're like, can you do this? Can you do this? So I'm just yeah. Stuck to go job yeah. watching my CE. So, um, it's a little difficult. Too. So yeah, I feel like CE should be a little bit more, more flexible. Yeah. And understanding that we all have things going on in our lives. I think, right. like I said, I want it to be very more inclusive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Cause I think what we, we are as technicians and people, we're all type A people, first of all, we like to get things right and do things, you know, on yeah. the left. very perfectionists. Yes. <laughs> That's our personality. Um, I think that's why most people go into medicine because they like that rigidity. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, 
So, and the other thing too, like we are very curious too. Like we, we learn something and then we're like, I wonder what this means. I want to learn more about that. I want to follow this path and see where it leads. And right. I feel having that open door policy and having that flexibility is great. Cause then people can grow more, bring new ideas to the table, change things over. I think like being rigid and set or having limited options limits the amount of amazing people we can have. I think why not grow these academies and societies, you know? And mm-hmm. include- so that's where I stand on it. But um, the same thing, like, I'm solely, I'm also working on my committee too and kind of coming up with these ideas, but yeah, it takes time. <laughs> it, it does, it does, yeah. No, it's, that's interesting. Yeah, because, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm part of the committee. So I, you know, I, as I've been mentoring, um, you know, in the past couple of years, there are things that I pick up on, you know, mentees have questions on or things that I was, you know, had questions on myself as I was doing the application, you know, I just wrote them down and put it to the side. And then, you know, at the end of the year, you know, I, I emailed the, you know, the committee chairperson. I'm like, look, I think, I think some of these changes should be done to the application. Um, and, you know, I, I, I sent them to her and, you know, I didn't hear anything back, you know, until yesterday, actually. <laughs> until we had a, a meeting, you know, this is my ideas that I put out, you know, a couple of years ago, but they were brought up at the, you know, at the meeting with, you know, with all the board members and, you know, it was, it was kind of nice to see, you know, all my suggestions, you know, being put out to, you know, to board members, you know, for changes to the application, you know, to, to make it better, to improve upon it for, you know, future applicants. And I think, you know, we need more people, you know, to, to bring about change, you know, you know, the ideas, ideas that you have, it's important to bring them up you know, mm-hmm. don't keep quiet. Cause you know, where are they going to say no, you know, at least the worst they can say is no, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. X on your backlog. Yeah. Right. No. So yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And I think like, um, my, my mission is the same thing as you is like to go out there, educate, learn, spread as much knowledge as I can to anybody who needs it, wants it, Right. Um, it's the right answer because um, my thing really is just like spread the knowledge and it's only going to benefit our patients because like you don't want someone who may not know how to do something appropriately and they might make a mistake or harm someone accidentally not without intending to do so mm-hmm. when it could be prevented had someone just said hey this is a better way to do right it. right Share that knowledge you know right mm-hmm. and I think that's very important and I don't want to have that like exclusivity possible like in that in the room when that situation happens because then I, that makes right. sense so people want to do these committees and societies i say by all means do it try it try make sure you look at the requirements first make sure you have the hours the ce the time um, when i did my dentistry i did i worked full-time in my job so i did like 10 hour days four 10 hour days at work and i would do one free day another one a free 10 hour day at the other location to do my dentistry with a diplomate. So yeah, how I sacrificed my time for three years. And I literally would take Long Island Railroad to Long Island for like for a better part of a year and a half. And then I went to AMC. Yeah. And I was like, it was a lot. Yeah. I can't believe I did that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. On my birthday. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. I know. We look back on it now. It's like, wow, I had time. I had the time to, but yeah, you, like I said, you make the time. Mm-hmm. You do. If it's something you really want to do, you make the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Yep. For well, sure. do you so, have any 
say to young people out there what before we close up? Uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, just work hard and you, you can do it, you know, just, just set your mind to it. And yeah, definitely. You can, you can accomplish anything. You can accomplish great things. Yeah, definitely. If you just, just stick to it. That's all it is. Just stick to it. Stick to your guns. Like Dora, like uh, no, Dory, like keep swimming. Just keep yes. Swimming. Yes. Totally. Oh. Yeah. I always, I always think about Dora when, whenever I run. So I run for, you know, recreation. So mm-hmm. as I'm running, I always think of Dora, you know, just keep swimming, just keep, but I change it to just keep running, just keep running. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Just have a mantra, a, ma- a mantra, mantra, mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, cool. Thank you for having. Thank you for coming on to talk about this. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, say thank much, you for having me. I am yeah. not specialized in anything, but as a no, yeah, student, you you have yeah yeah as a student, incredible I'm, input. Yeah, it's just interesting because I know that every semester my teachers always say they ask you like what you want to do in this field. And they do say like, they talk about specialties and they send you the link and they're like, start planning for what you want to do in a specialty because that's where they want people to go. And if you don't know what your specialty does in your vet practice, if you have pets, they are just, they're highly wonderful trained nurses. They've gone through so much education. The people that take care of your pets are super passionate about what they've learned. And yeah, if you have specialists at the clinic that you bring your pets to, that's a really wonderful thing to know that you have these people on the staff and find those clinics because those specialists are very important for your pet care. Honestly, everyone I know is so wonderfully brilliant. <laughs> really? You can't say you don't have a specialty because even though you don't have a degree for it, Rochelle is a neonatal geriatric specialist. <laughs> I think oh, it's neonates. I... <laughs> Uh, yes yes yeah and taking care of so many little baby animals babies yeah if that yeah, was a specialty have... then probably oh yeah say. hands down she yeah you'd be all over it yeah so i'll go to krishal with all my neonate questions yeah the last time <laughs> somebody gave me some neonates sheena they still have them <laughs> going on two years i still have them <laughs> yeah krishal knows everything when i was in panic mode when i found these five kittens in the trash i <sighs> told krishal to like what do I do with these babies that have their eyes closed and their ears closed and no mom? And it, it was freaking pandemic. I was like, I need to find milk for them somewhere in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like warm them up, get the milk and do it every two hours and clean, make them go to the bathroom. And then I, yeah. I, I killed them because I made them too hot, too fast. And it cooled them down. <laughs> That's shelter medicine training, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I can't do this. <laughs> Literally, she had a meltdown, and I was like, "This is li- what? I'm fine. It's fine." <laughs> I was like, "They're yeah. breathing really fast." So yeah, Christelle's the one to put me on to all the neonatal stuff, and she, you're actually very good with also the older dogs as well. Yes, yes. She likes the extremes: very young, very old, oh, very yes. fragile, old or young. Those are my favorite. yes. No, you have a good you have a good heart for it for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Home for wayward animals is Rochelle's house. <laughs> Don't say, but yes. So, but thank you everybody for joining us. Hopefully, you learned a little something. And if you guys are still exploring and trying to find out what your thing is, you got time, you know, and look into it. Decide what you want to do. What's your calling? And if you don't know what it is, you'll get there. You know, you'll find your thing. You know, it goes in stages too. Like what, like you said, there's tertiary stages to being a technician, like baby tech stage 
middle stage, like I'm, you know, I've done this for a while. And then you're like, now, well, what's the next step for me? Like, do I go up a tier? Cause there are also tiers like tier, like level one tech, level two tech, level three tech, depending on like your technical skills. So the same thing is like, how advanced do you want to go? What do you want to learn? What interests you? What body system calls out to you? Cause I mean, no offense to anybody out there. I hate dermatology and I will stick by that. That's the hill I die on. But same here, same here. We'll not touch dermatology. Some people love it. I'm like, if that's your thing, by all means, rock out. Like, I like teeth. Chriselle hates teeth. That's cool. You know, that's yeah, not, not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has their own thing. And that's totally cool. Like, you know, I think it was that like Kara Burns loves nutrition. And I just, I'm like, eh, it's nutrition. Boring. That's boring yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So like boring she loves it so everybody has their thing so if you got something that you love there's some there's a group for you out there yeah Find go for it go yeah. for it do it go for it but we'll see you in the next podcast and we don't know what we're going to talk about yet but we'll keep you in the loop on our ig so keep an eye out for our instagram account and uh, we'll see you in the next podcast bye bye